0: All right, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez, and I'm here with John Downing and Marty Griffin, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of This Week in Sports. Boys, how are we doing today, fresh off a unprecedented Wednesday, early evening, late afternoon football extravaganza. I know everybody's tuned in to the Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony right now. It's a good thing uh, we had the National Football League game happen earlier because we wouldn't want to miss that.
1: And the owl is okay. The owl. The owl. The owl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Johnny with the classic no cell. Thank you very much
2: I don't know what you're talking about, but okay
1: It's just been really a weird week for football, a weird week like to get delayed for a Rockefeller-Cree and, the, and one of the big headlines coming out is like an injured owl that was saved and just brushed under as the Steelers versus the Ravens at 3 o'clock on Eastern uh, Standard Time which on a Wednesday midweek is just wild. It's just been a weird weird
2: fucking year yeah almost over though thankfully I,
0: i'm a little more than sauced but that, <laughs> that was that game did not feel good that that game ultimately a win Jeez, louise we'll we'll get into it later but i am deeply unsettled r.i.p to bud dupree's knee by the way
1: yeah absolutely like you said we'll get into it so let's just not digress
0: Uh, already well uh it is episode 63 so let's get into our 63s marty you want to kick us off
1: uh yeah uh, mike munchak Uh, i'm just gonna go old school right here this is gonna kind of date me a little bit i remember him playing for the oilers back in the day uh, when houston was relevant as a team in the nfl he was uh with the oilers from 82 to 93 just a great offensive player we're talking about a nine-time pro bowl First time, first team, all Pro Bowl a player, six times, second team, NFL's 1980s all decade team. Went on to have what you know Nesto of from 2014 to 2018 as a hell of an offensive line coach in my mind. Like the guy was just a really phenomenal, and he's now with the Denver Broncos, which we we'll get into a little bit later of what they had to deal with this week in their quarterback situation. But just one of the all-time best Penn state producing offensive linemen. Penn state in that era was just a uh, offensive lineman factory in certain ways. And he was one of the, uh, one of the all-stars coming out of that era and one of the all-time great offensive linemen of his, of his time, uh, Mike Munchak, my, my 63.
0: Mike Munchak is the architect of the last five years of Ben Roethlisberger's career yeah, uh, because he wouldn't have made it that long uh, unless they uh, changed the way they did things and afforded him a little protection. And the line that we have now is hugely in part to Mike Munchak. So uh, very happy to see him featured for your 63. I am going to go with a Steeler. Great part of the, the Steelers royalty Darmani Dawson. Uh, He replaced Mike Webster. He was the second round draft pick for the Steelers, 44th overall in the 1988 draft. He became the starting center in 1989. He was named co-AFC Offensive Lineman of the Year uh, in 93, selected as NFL alumni offensive lineman of the year in 96 played 170 consecutive games was named first team all pro six consecutive years between 1993 and 1998. And he was selected to play in seven consecutive pro bowls from 93 to 99 from Lexington, Kentucky. Dermani Dawson. Nice Johnny.
2: So my number 63 is former Patriots offensive guard. Joe Andruzzi from 2000 to 2004. If you remember September 11th, the week that they came back on September 23rd, Joe Andruzzi running with the American flag across Gillette Stadium. And it was to honor his three brothers. He has three brothers in the New York City Fire Department who helped uh, save people from the World Trade Center that day. And something else I learned while researching Joe Andruzzi today is that also, so in addition to having three brothers who were connected to the World Trade Center, he also on April fifteenth, two 2013, the Joe Andruzzi Foundation was hosting an event at a business on Boylston Street in Boston when the Boston Marathon bombing occurred. In the aftermath, he was photographed carrying an injured woman to safety. Along with uh, his friend and former teammate, linebacker Matt Chatham. Uh, both were uninjured. And uh, just an interesting story that he was kind of connected um, to 9 11 and the Boston bombings. So that's my number 63, former Patriot Joe Andrewsy.
0: Wow. Thought you were going to go with Marshawn there.
2: Oh. Yeah. Um, No, I'm sticking with football. It's football season. I don't know if they're ever going to play hockey again. So (laughs) They're kind of going the route of baseball, right? I mean, they're just saying, let's do a lockout or whatever, and let's make our sport that's getting low ratings, and let's turn it from a low-end sport to just a niche sport from now on. And so baseball successfully is is successfully doing that to their sport, and now hockey is trying to do the same to them. It's like, yeah, let's just make it so there's only two major sports.
0: All right, I'm going to offer a dissenting opinion here because Good I lot. think I think that NHL is realizing there's no way to successfully pull this off in a way that is going to work, and they're not going to lose a ton of revenue because, let's face it, they got to play,
2: they, they got to play. They they gotta ha- play.
0: They have a terrible TV deal, though. It doesn't matter.
2: They gotta play, Ernesto. They have to play.
0: They have survived lockouts before. They've gone years without hockey before. They're gonna be. They gotta play. They are going to be okay if they don't play. And I uh, honestly, I think what it would take—the amount of money they would have to put in into testing and protocol and. You know, for everybody in each arena and all of the the overhead and logistics in just everything, it would be a huge losing venture because their TV deals suck.
2: I'm aware of that, but the owners need to buck up and save the sport because people are not going to give a shit if hockey's not around. People are just going to say, oh, no hockey? So what? There's more important things. Whatever. And when it returns, guess what? Only the hardcore fans will be there, which is not
0: many. That's what that's what's happening already anyways. Uh, hockey survives yep. on the hardcore fans anyways. Uh, my ba- my oh. bank account shows that too because they, they have already charged me $165 for my NHL center ice subscription. So... They're, they're they are still getting theirs from the hardcore fans
2: yeah Trust. that's not enough that's not gonna do it. the same thing as baseball it's not gonna cut it. It's not going it's just baseball and basketball that's it that's what that it, that's why ESPN doesn't show baseball. They don't show hockey because nobody cares and if you're gonna alienate the rest of the world and not entertain them with any hockey or any baseball, then nobody will come back. nobody will show up for your sport. It'll take years to recover. Yeah. years and yeah you have your hardcore fans but that's not enough
0: so how do you run a season if they if you have they how, need to buck out the the country of canada will not allow americans to pass back and forth you, between their borders you and don't even need to if they've
2: you, already said that they can do separate divisions i'll do a canadian division they'll do american divisions
0: you can't you can't play find 60, a way you cannot play 62 games between With a seven team round robin. That doesn't make any fucking sense, John. They gotta be able to play the other teams.
2: What did they do in the sixties and seventies when they had eight teams and ten teams? Exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh we called snap. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's not going to work for the modern NHL, though. It's built on There's a system There's not going to be where... a modern
2: NHL. Your Connor McDavid's, your Sidney Crosby's, that's not going to be around in 15, 20 years because, guess what? The kids aren't seeing hockey. The kids don't give a shit about hockey. They're going to be too focused on being the next TikTok sensation or whatever, or football star <laughs> or basketball star. Hockey, they're going to be like, what the hell is hockey? you got to keep your product going, just like we keep our podcast going. you got to keep your product going, no matter what, no matter what it Takes. And if you don't, you're going to pay the price. You put a plug in there, too. You got to give
0: it to them. <laughs> all right. Well, he's buzzing tonight.
1: <laughs> Johnny. We're all buzzing on different levels.
0: But okay. <laughs> Johnny, we got a fraud of the week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, with the blockbuster trade that just went down before we got on the podcast tonight, it was, if you're not aware, it was Russell Westbrook point guard from the Rockets going to the Washington Wizards in exchange for point guard John Wall and a 2023 protected first round draft pick. So I'm not sure how protected it is, but usually the Wizards draft high. So I'm assuming it's probably like top three or top five protected. Anyway, what that signals to me is that the Rockets are basically done. As far as being a contender in the West and a contender in the NBA, agreed. Uh, so what I think it signals that James Harden is going to be on the move soon, whether it's before the season or before the trade deadline. That it signals that to me. Uh, it so it signals the end of an era for Houston. It it signals that all the money that they've spent and invested in that team, in whether it was Chris Paul a couple years ago. Uh, Whether it was Russell Westbrook, whether it's John Wall, whether it's James Harden, whether it's Coach D'Antoni, GM Daryl Morey, you know, all the different names that they've shuffled in and out of there to compete with the likes of the Golden State Warriors or the L.A. Lakers it failed. And is it their fault? I don't want to be too critical, but I am going to be a little bit critical because be they critical. did. Ru- be critical. Well, you got to admit that they did run into a buzzsaw into a time period where you have one of the greatest teams of all time. So you had the, the Warriors who won three championships and you can't really say that they should have beaten them any time. They had them on the ropes a couple times in in the playoffs and Am I we gonna fault them for that? I don't I mean that that's a tough one to fault them for. Did they underachieve in the end in the in the history of the NBA? When we look back in 10, 20, 30 years, will we say that James Harden was a Hall of Fame player but never won a ring? It seems like that's most likely gonna be the route. So will be he, he be known as an underachiever? Probably. So that's why we gotta call them a little bit fraudulent.
1: Well, I say this when they decided under the Dan era to go very small ball, losing sinners. You know, if if you're if you're going to run that kind of lineup, you better go toe to toe at least on your first three and your power for your shooting guard and your guard play, and you're not going to be able to do that in the West. The only way to you separate yourself is going with the, with a better power forward and a center in that in that division during that time when they decided to go small. It just seemed like a cop out for for certain situations to unload players to un- unload salary. I don't I don't see this organization ever like feeling. Even going back to last year with Westbrook, I don't even think they had an idea that they were going to like win and produce a championship team even before COVID what, what happened right there. but i I feel like this is almost like the Dallas Cowboys, the basketball in Texas right here where you you, you have you' you're one or two players away and a coach away from really creating something special right here, and they chose to give up way too soon. And, and just climb into a niche market right there and, and try to create something that just was not going to work. I just thought it was a failure on the ownership part right there.
2: Right, so couldn't they have waited out LeBron James and the Lakers? How how much longer is that going to be? Another year or two maybe? With James Harden Possibly. still in his prime, you probably could have waited it out and timed it out in some form or fashion. And maybe yeah. that's maybe that in part is somewhat what they're doing because John Wall is two or three years younger than Westbrook, so maybe they're trying to extend their window, but I don't think so. I think it signals that Harden's going to be on the move at some point, and that would mean that this the Rockets as we know them are pretty much cashed.
1: Right. Time would tell, but I, I think Harden's riding a very fine line in his career right now and how he's making this power play and, and putting his foot down to want to create something for himself. But if he dies with this franchise, I think his career dies. If he can get out for um, this contract and move on from the Houston Rockets, maybe he has a little bit of life and a little bit of a, a career to make for himself. He's going to be a Hall of Famer.
2: Obviously.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he's a uh, three-time defending scoring yeah. champion.
2: He's a Hall but, of Famer. It yeah,
1: works. absolutely. But what I'm saying, like, if he wants to be a champion, I think he's he's on borrowed time right now.
0: Hmm. Okay. Let us get into our week in review. Uh, week 12. God, what a week. Thought we were going to have a Thanksgiving trifecta, uh, but the – thursday evening game was postponed to again, sunday and, and then again, and postponed again. again they had a uh, a funny joke there was like a possible delay a game that wasn't called and chris collinsworth goes well they just didn't want to delay the game any further which i huh. thought was kind of funny but uh it all started off on thursday morning as we were all putting our turkeys into the oven and uh, chopping the garlic, getting our Thanksgiving dinners ready. And the Lions were getting fucking curb stomped by the Texans, 41 to 25, now tied 4 7 all. Detroit has lost four straight games on Thanksgiving. Matt Patricia, bye bye, bites the dust. We've been talking about it for weeks and weeks now. It finally happens. Your thoughts?
2: I thought Deshaun Watson was phenomenal. So, yeah. That- He's now thrown 16 touchdowns, no interceptions over the last four weeks, and he's just so elusive, and he's been so on target with all his throws, and it's a shame to see them lose Will Fuller to a six-game PED suspension, which was announced yesterday at this point in the year when Watson really could have finished the year strong with the Texans and put up some big numbers. Now he loses his number one receiver, so that's got to hinder him a little bit. But as far as the Lions go, it's same story, different day. I mean, you kind of had a feeling when old-ass Adrian Peterson scores two touchdowns for you from the one-yard line, and they're just the Lions. They don't have anything. And so Ernesto and I were talking, I think, either the day of, earlier or before the game or the night before, we were talking about Calvin Johnson. And at least when the Lions had Calvin Johnson, because they announced the Hall of Fame, candidates this year. And of course, Calvin Johnson's one of them, at least when the lions had Calvin Johnson, Thanksgiving day was fun to watch because you knew you were going to see something special from Calvin. But now when you watch the lions, it's like, it's just nothing. It's boring. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know. And I've got you got to feel for fans from Detroit or Michigan fans of the lions because for so, 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 so long, they've got nothing. And I don't see any hope for the future. So, Yeah, it's just not a really good
1: spot to go as an NFL player. It's just a very hard franchise. You look at like what Detroit Pistons have become in, in, in the NBA. It's just not any lure to come to that that kind of franchise, that area of the United States to play. It's, it's kind of a dying franchise, a dying city, a uh, dying state uh it i mean i feel bad for that area but i just don't see what the lure and what what the detroit can really bring to the table as far as getting players to want to come and play for that franchise anytime soon
0: well speaking of dying franchises and no allure we had the thanksgiving afternoon game where the uh washington football team kicked the fucking shit out of the cowboys uh
1: pulled it out of their ass and slapped it on the forehead in the fourth quarter for 21 points. They just laid down and fucking gave up and just, oh, I, I, I was ready to, to smash my TV. And I really don't give a fuck about this team, but how they laid down in that fourth quarter was absolutely atrocious and they should be disgusted. And Mike McCarthy should fucking be at on, on the chopping block for that fucking type of coaching performance. I'm sorry.
0: I guess they ran out of
2: watermelons. Sledgehammers and watermelons. I guess that was a one-week deal. (laughs) Because I really thought that they would pull this game out. I did. I was convinced that this was the start of something. They got Andy Dalton back. But no, Ezekiel Elliott continues to fumble Fumble. the ball. Like, that guy, and it amazes me. I think I sent this to you guys in a text. I said, the NFL is just so... When you think of running backs in the NFL and what happens and how they go from being phenomenal, great, unbelievable, like the, one of the, the top known players in the NFL at running back. And you have Ezekiel Elliott and this guy is the greatest thing in the NFL and the best weapon you can have in the NFL for three, 44 four years. And then the next year, he's like such a, a terrible thing to have on your team because he's gone from great to horrible. It's so horrible. Yeah, like you, spent your you can't first even round play him. On him. <laughs> and ninety million dollars they yeah. paid him. So yeah, they not only they at least they got something for years from the pick. But now they they went above and beyond and they paid him ninety million dollars. So they ensure that they're going to have him around for years. When Tony Pollard actually looks better than Ezekiel Elliott does now. Well,
1: Runs so much harder than
2: him. And the same thing happened to DeMarco Murray years ago. He was phenomenal. He was the rushing leader. And then he went to the – the Cowboys, they got ahead of that one. They saw that DeMarco Murray was on the downswing, and they got they let him go to the Eagles, and he had the downside of his career with the Eagles. But it's just crazy to me to see these running backs that play so well and are such a big part of the NFL game. And, you know, you see them all over the place on TV one year, and then the next year – gone nothing useless like they should just be yeah. cut from the team like it's a, it's a shame but it's crazy it looks,
1: yeah it just looks like elliot's you know, got got the door knocker piercing in his nose just ready to fucking chomp on the leather strap and take it out the ad he's just a fucking piece of worthless shit though
0: yeah <laughs> okay sorry useless it's useless it's
2: useless <laughs> He actually hurts you more than he helps you he Absolutely. fumbles he fumbles in key spots like he doesn't just not produce he's giving the ball away in key spots, so he's right. he hurts you not just doesn't help you he hurts you
0: man that 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 tattoo on his stomach has not aged well eh no <laughs> 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 all right, next up we have the dolphins at the jets. The Dolphins allowing three total points in two games versus the Jets this year. The Jets remain a perfect zero and eleven. Nothing much to say here.
1: And that's it. Then that's it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm not gonna. Why? You you covered
0: it right there. Um. Next up on that Sunday, we had the Cardinals versus the Patriots in Foxborough. The Patriots. Despite Cam Newton's best efforts, find (laughs) a way to pull it out 17 to 20.
2: This game is just another brutal watch. And the Patriots are a terrible watch this year. And Cam Newton, and I don't know how they've won some of these
0: games. Hashtag bad at
2: football. It's just bad at football. And. The Cardinals didn't want it more than the Patriots. They they missed the the field goal and gave the Patriots good field position. And then at the end, they a late hit. They had the late hit on Cam Newton out of bounds to give him the extra fifteen yards that Nick Folk is allowed to hit the fifty yard field goal to win the game for the Patriots. So it was almost as if the Cardinals just didn't really want this game. And Kyler Murray didn't look good in this game. We talked about it earlier. His shoulder. Doesn't look right, and I hope it's not a long term thing for him. I hope it's just a short term, because we want to see the explosive Kyler Murray for the stretch run. And if he's not healthy, then they're going to fade quickly. As far as the Patriots go, the Patriots go to five and six. Uh, but is it possible to be win three of your last four games and feel worse about the team? Is that possible? Yeah, I because that's it. Just that maybe the one positive is that the defense is young and kind of playing better, I guess. But you you were playing against a hindered Kyle Murray, So I I don't really know. And on the offensive side, holy crap, is Nikhil Harry bad? He's so bad. He he is so bad. And when you watch DK Metcalf play (laughs) and you're like, that guy went 32 picks after Nikhil Harry. Who went Nikhil Harry went in the first round. And then there's other receivers like AJ Brown and Debo
0: Samuel. Uh Deontay Johnson.
2: Yeah, I mean the Steelers can find receivers whenever, wherever they want in their draft. They just pluck them out like it's no big thing. And the Patriots I receiver because they just they can't get they they can't select a good one. And you'd think that even if you can't find someone who does, maybe doesn't know how to run the routes and read coverages, maybe you can at least find a guy that knows how to compete, right? But no, they decided, and we we even said during that draft that DK Metcalf looked like. Remember, we were showing pictures of him. Yeah, I wanted him so bad, and everybody wanted DK Metcalf, and but no, bad hips, right,
1: Nesta?
2: Right, bad hips, right?
0: Could only run.
2: Right, only run three three routes. Right. Now he looks like a Hall of Fame receiver in the making. Like he he is legit. Maybe the I mean Hopkins is good, but as far as like a physical specimen on the field, you can just throw the ball up and he goes and gets it. And Nikhil Harry, he can't even get out of the route. He can't even get off the line of scrimmage. He has horrible feet. He runs like Bambi. He gets trucked by guys that are five-nine <laughs> at cornerback. The, he's terrible and he takes penalties every game. So he not only does he not do anything to like help the team to catch the ball or run a good route. No, he commits penalties, holding penalties. And he's said he's an absolute negative and they have to keep playing him because they spent a the first round pick on him last year. But it's absolutely ridiculous that this guy is in the NFL. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he gets cut. And then it doesn't help to have Cam Newton, who's also not very good at football anymore. So, hey, I mean, I know that there's, a little bit of slim hope for the Patriots in the playoffs, but you need a lot to uh, to go right. And I was just looking at the Ravens' schedule, and the Ravens are going to win their last five games because their schedule is tits McGee the rest of the way. It is easy peasy. <laughs> and then the Colts are going to finish with 10 wins. Uh, the Dolphins' schedule is a little bit tough. Cleveland's got eight wins, so they only need to win two more. The Patriots are legit going to have to win their last five games to go 10-6 and six to make it. I don't think 9-7 is going to be good enough, and even so, like, they're not good enough. So, let's just call it on the Patriots. Like, I I know local fans want to be hopeful for something, but give it up.
1: Well, I just thought the Cardinals needed to win this game. I just, with how tight the NFC West was, this is an opportunity to beat a team that I think is pretty fucking predictable on offense. Oh, my God. party
2: Marty, did you see what they were doing on defense? They were running a four-four-three. 3 yes. they had three yes. defensive backs on the field. I mean, you cannot be any more disrespectful to an offense in two thousand twenty than right. have you have three defensive backs on, on the field. Three, yeah. that's absolutely. it. <laughs> like,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Like, go ahead. I'm we just, know I'm you're going to run the ball, and you can't throw it. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. I just thought that this needed to be a big win for them in, in the long run in that, in that tight division over there. And I, I thought it was a big failure. And, and, and like you said, Johnny, you just hope that Kyler Murray's shoulder is not a, a, an intense or, or dire situation right there. Because I don't think they can afford to lose more than two more games this year. They can't afford that in that division. So It's hard to say because it's so tight. But I, I think they're right on the cusp right there.
0: Yeah, We're also not sure how many teams are getting into the playoffs this year It's entirely possible that with another COVID outbreak That we could get to a situation where we have 16 teams making the dance So uh, yeah. moving right along We had uh, a surprisingly close game Despite three giveaways Minnesota manages to eke out a one-point victory uh, 28-27 to against the Panthers
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, this game, not much to add to it because there's not many implications here. Um, Adam Thielen was out with COVID in this game, but Justin Jefferson, the rookie receiver, stepped up and had a big game. Uh, Dalvin Cook left with, with an injury, but he returned in this game. On the flip side, DJ Moore sprained his ankle, and he could be out, although the Panthers have a bye this week, but he looks like he could be out for a couple weeks. He's their best receiver. I don't know. There's just not much here.
0: All right. Well, speaking of not much there, Cleveland getting to eight wins for the first time since 2007, beating the Jaguars, a hobbled Jaguar team, 27 to 25. The Browns continue, despite their record, to look terrible while they win.
2: Yeah. Mike Lennon, the return of Mike Lennon in this game at quarterback for the Jaguars, they had a chance at the end with a two-point conversion, but it, it failed, and the Browns escaped with a victory. And you know, if you want to talk about kind of a fraudulent team, I think that the Browns are setting up to be, if they make the playoffs, they're going to be a total fraud. I think they're going to make the playoffs,
1: and this will be the first time. I can't remember the number of years of breaking a very long streak in their franchise history that there's no way they can lose. They can. Uh, End up more than fifty uh, percent as far as their wins on the on the end of the season uh, that they, they can go eight and eight, but they can't do any worse, which is has been a long time running for that franchise.
2: yeah, but they do still have three tough games. They have Baltimore, I mean, sorry, at Tennessee, then Baltimore. Then they play the Giants and the Jets, which they could lose at the Giants because the Giants could, are trying yeah. to trying to trying to win the division. And then that Very last true. the last week of the year they play the Steelers who are probably going to be going undefe- trying to go undefeated. So uh, there's a good chance that they lose three out of their last five or four out of their last five. So we'll see.
0: If they right. wind up going eight and eight this year, it will just make my no, entire life.
2: They can't because they have eight wins now and they still play the Jets. Oh, f- <laughs> that's well, very true. so that's that's impossible.
0: If any, if any eke out a loss against no. the Jets.
2: nope, it's impossible. The Jets won't let it happen. <laughs> they, they they have mastered how to not win this year, and they are going to ensure that they don't win a game this year.
0: All right. Well, speaking of win- being very good at not winning, the Colts, excuse me, Phillip Rivers and the Colts, <laughs> uh, finally broke their streak of being good against the Titans, losing 45 to 26.
2: Derrick Henry had a day. Yeah, this day. was it. A- impressive on the titans part a good a good answer and a a very important game because we like we said last week if the titans had lost this game their playoff hopes and certainly their division hopes were in dire dire straits but they came through in a big big way and they just came and played very physical football and like you said derrick henry with three touchdowns was huge and so you got to applaud the titans for showing some fight and uh they, there's got to be, a, there's got to be
1: a schedule Johnny to like lay off him a little bit. You just want to go in strong with him and just and and duplicate this kind of game plan of just wear down your opposing defense, run the ball, wear him down on the defense. Uh, it was just a, a perfectly called game that you could just tell that they knew that they could not could not afford to lose this game against the Colts and just wear down that offense with the rushing game because they have it. Um, but they're they got to be smart here with their schedule, in my mind. And if, if you agree or disagree of how – their schedule's hard. It's the hard. Sch- I, I know. Well, no, I mean –
2: Figure it out. It's not that hard, I guess. Yeah, you got Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit. So you got three cupcakes. And then you got at Green Bay, which in week 16, that'll be tough. So actually it's not that hard. The next three weeks they can give them rest if they yeah. want. But they I need to think, win. I
1: just think I just think you want to roll into those playoffs with a with a healthy Derrick Henry and a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. And For just, sure. you, you gotta ride that truck all
2: the way through. I mean, December is Ben Henry's best month of his career. Yeah. So he, he's one of those running backs that gets better as the season goes on. So we'll see.
0: Next up we have the Giants at the Bengals. First game without Joe uh the Bengals actually pretty yeah, okay okay showing granted against the giants the giants winning three straight games for the first time since 2016 19 to 17 uh not a lot here but um what do you
2: cincinnati. got cincinnati well brandon allen started for the Bengals in this game who's um the bust from the broncos years ago at quarterback but in the game the you know the giants are not good and Cincinnati had a chance at the end of the game, but Cincinnati committed their fourth turnover of the game, and the Giants were able to pull it out, nineteen to seventeen. Here, good,
1: good showing by Ingram on their side side of the field. Offense side with six receptions, one hundred twenty nine yards. That's and Wayne Gallman, side. yeah,
2: Wayne Gallman, who like everyone thinks this guy's terrible, which he, he's definitely not great, but he's serviceable, and he's been, you know putting in some good work for the Giants. On the flip, on the on the same side, Daniel Jones had a hamstring injury, and he could be out a couple weeks. They say it's not as bad as initially thought, so hopefully he's not out too long because they're trying to make a playoff push. But if he is out,
0: then it's Colt
2: McCoy time, baby. For the sake of our
1: bet, come on, hamstring injury. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, next up we have the Chargers at the Bills, losing by 10, 17-27. Buffalo wins their first game uh, uh, versus the Chargers since week 7 of 2008.
2: So this game didn't have the fireworks, I think, that many expected. Austin Eckler returned for the Chargers and proceeded to catch 11 balls on 16 targets, which is pretty crazy for a running back. Uh, Hunter Henry had a decent game, but Keenan Allen Keenan Allen was held mostly in check with only 40 yards, but he did get a touchdown. Um, on the flip side, Josh Allen didn't have a huge day, only 157 yards passing. I think the Bills tried to focus more on getting back to the running game in this in this game, as they had 30 rushing attempts. I think what we had seen in prior weeks is the Bills had, became, had become very pass-heavy, pass-oriented, and get made the, not, the running game almost non-existent. So I think it was a focus of theirs to try to get back to running the ball a little bit. And they did fumble the ball a couple times, but you know they did run it a lot. So And then we had a Cole Beasley to Gabriel Davis touchdown in this one, 20-yard touchdown. So a little bit of trickery in this game. But yeah, so the Bills move on and win. The Chargers continue to lose. Same old, same old.
1: Singletary had a decent game. Eleven attempts. You talk about a heavy uh, rush loaded offense for the for the Buffalo Bills, right there. He had eighty eighty two yards. But I I still think that this team's going to struggle with the rushing game throughout the uh, the rest of the season, right here. And they're still, I, I'm still not sold on the bills. Not, not sold whatsoever.
2: Yeah. So their bills upcoming schedule. They've got at San Francisco, then they have Pittsburgh at home, Denver at New England, and then Miami at home. So you got to think that there's probably two or three wins in there, maybe four if they're lucky. So they're probably an 11-win team, win the division, host a playoff game.
1: Crazy to think about.
2: But they'll find a way to Buffalo it up in the playoffs. You know that. <laughs> hmm.
0: All righty. Well, uh, next up, we have the Raiders with an atrocious display of Ooh, football. Losing that to the stink. Falcons 43-6. Yeah. Uh, made that I'm, stink? Holy well, I was just like text- shit. I was
1: texting you guys because I, I couldn't see the game. I was at work. I was just. Did not expect the score just kept going up and up against the Raiders, and I was just—I remember test, texting you guys like, "What the hell is going on with this game? How are they losing this game?"
2: Wait, so is Raheem Morris the coach of the year for the Falcons? He's four and one since he took over the zero six Falcons.
0: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, how what? about break break up the Falcons? <laughs> I mean, we all were all thinking that the Raiders were legit, right? Because they were 6-4, and they played Kansas City tough, they beat them once, lost another close game, and they're looking like the real deal. Then they go into Atlanta, and maybe they were sniffing their own shit in this game, and they laid an egg. And then Josh Jacobs gets hurt, and so he's questionable next week. So it might be Devontae Booker time, which is not a good time.
0: If you're (laughs) the
2: Raiders Uh, Derek Carr was god awful in this game. They made the Falcons' defense look really good, which I think you know playing your running backs against the Falcons is no longer a thing thanks to Raheem Morris. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they they and the Falcons didn't even
1: even
2: have. Falcons didn't even have Julio Jones in this game. So good for them. I mean, good good for them. They were zero six. They easily could have said, "Let's go the way of the Jets." And let's fight for a tough pick, top pick, maybe go for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But they they said no, we're firing Dan Quinn because he's not getting to the players. We'll bring in Raheem Morris, who nobody has thought much of in a few years in the NFL, because he was fired years ago as a head coach. And he's he's got them playing well. So I I I think that's a good story. And although there's they're still not probably not gonna make the playoffs, even though it's not mathematically impossible, I think it's a good story. Great. It's just its just got to be frustrating
1: for a Falcon fan, which I, I have a good friend who is one who's been one for all of his life. It seems like in the last few years, the talent has been there. It's just always just come down to the coaching and they just they always seem to have this these moments, uh, these games of brilliance or, or offensive just like fortitude where it just wears you down. But they just they just can't be cons- they just can't stay consistent. It's just so frustrating yeah. as a fan.
0: We had the 49ers at the Rams, another close game. The 49ers just pulling it out. Gutsy win 23 to 20 off a game winning 42 yard field goal as time expires.
2: Yeah. How about the 49ers coming off a bye and everyone was hot on the, on the Rams for beating the Buccaneers on the Monday night before San Fran was a 12 point dog going into this game. And, I mean, they, they made the, the Rams' offense look terrible in this yeah. game. Go, Goff Foolish. did not look good at all. Debo Samuel returned in this he game, changed. and he, he, had a, he had a big game catching 11 of 13 targets. Raheem Mostert returned for the Niners. He didn't have a huge game, but just having him back I think was good for them. And, you know, Nick Mullins didn't have big numbers, but I think he does a good job of leading that offense. They're, you know that they're going to struggle without George Kittle. You know that. So yeah. they get Brandon Ayuk back from the COVID list in the upcoming week, but they have a bunch of division games coming up, so they could do some damage in the NFC West. I don't think they can they can win it, but they could cause some trouble for some teams. Like We thought the Rams were on their way last week, so the 49ers just shoved that down our throats.
1: I just feel like the 49ers showed something to uh, future defenses playing this team because they pressed up on, like, Woods and Cup because I don't feel like you feel like you're going to get beaten deep, Johnny, with this team, like, over the top.
2: Right, all misdirection. To,
1: yeah, and they just decided to press up and check and, and really load one side with Cup and really kept him in check. He only had two reception and five targets that game.
2: They always the do a good team. job against Cup.
1: Yeah. But this 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 division's gonna get very, very interesting for sure.
2: It is because they all beat each other, you know, like the Arizona, yeah. Arizona seems to kind of have Seattle's number. San Fran beats LA, LA beats Arizona, so it it's a tough one to predict for sure.
0: Well, we all could have predicted the next for the Saints roll the Broncos 31 to three. The Broncos, of course, uh due to COVID protocols. Heading into this game, starting a practice squad wide receiver as their quarterback. However, it must be noted that the Broncos and the Buccaneers were able to score the same amount of points against the Saints. Uh, So apparently the Broncos with uh, nobody at the helm is uh, just as good as the Buccaneers. Johnny, your thoughts?
2: I'd say this game set the NFL back thirty or forty years at quarterback between uh, Taysom Hill and the Wake Forest receiver that played quarterback for the Broncos.
0: Ninety-one was, gross pass yards combined yeah, in this game.
2: There was one complete Hinton for the Broncos. Uh, Taysom Hill had a couple rushing touchdowns, but he he could he had seventy-eight yards passing. He can't throw the ball either. Uh, he's absolutely crushed Alvin Kamara's value in fantasy that's which is unfortunate and this i've almost i just felt bad for the broncos so they had i guess i guess i shouldn't because all their quarterbacks were in the same room together last wednesday with somebody who tested positive for covid and it's like no the team, masks the teams were warned at the beginning of the year that this could happen so keep your quarterbacks separate so the league when the league was asked on saturday night to delayed the game they were like no this is on you you should have kept your guys separate and safe and you would have a quarterback and they tried to get an assistant coach to play quarterback but this league was like yeah you can't do that so they had kendall hinton play quarterback who was a quarterback at wake before becoming a wide receiver at wake forest his senior year so he does have d1 experience but he just could not throw the ball and the the Saints should have had more, even more interceptions. I feel like they were kind of felt bad for him. They dropped Lattimore dropped a couple interceptions that he could have had easily. So this game was ugly, and like I said, probably set the NFL back forty years, fifty years.
0: Okay, well, don't mince words, Johnny. Uh, next <laughs> up, we have the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. I real i I made the mistake of putting my heart. In the corner of Tampa Tommy. And he let me down, John.
2: Yeah, he's letting a lot of people down. And I just think that it's not a good fit. And you keep seeing Tom Brady throwing the ball downfield. And it's not working. Tom Brady works best when he has a lot of pre-snap motion. So he can find out what the defense is doing. And he works best when his guys are running horizontally across the field not vertical but bruce arians we know likes to run vertical routes so it's you just know it not clicking job. it's not clicking
0: you know it is working you know it is clicking tyreek hill is clicking Holy 13 receptions, 269 yards three touchdowns the chiefs win 27 to 24 improved to 10 and one what the fuck
2: yeah this guy's so- insane.
0: too bad he's a terrible person
2: I know, I know. So he, he came on Inside the NFL last night, and I, I love watching Inside the NFL. And he came on, and I had to turn it off because I can't listen to this guy. He's such a yeah. shithead, bad person that I, I just I, I don't want to hear anything he has to say. I I, I won't fucking, do it.
1: You, you fucking do a backflip into the end zone to celebrate. I, just, I wanted to see him blow out his knee right there. I'm not
2: going to lie. But he didn't um, land it. He didn't land it.
0: <laughs> no, it looked like a huge that's tool. You can't princess, do a yeah, backflip if you don't is. land it.
2: Right. He yeah. didn't land it. So, Good, yeah, he had gentlemen. over 200 yards in the first quarter. And, you know, that that is on coaching. I'm sorry. I know everyone wants to put a lot of blame on Tom Brady, and we can. And does he look done? Yes. But when you have a, the fastest receiver in the NFL, which the Chiefs do in Tyreek Hill, And you just have one-on-one coverage against him and you continue to go with one-on-one coverage when he's just blowing by your guy over and over again. And you refuse to put a guy over the safety over the top to say, we're not going to let that happen again. That's on coaching. That's on Arians. Like Arians is there. He can see what's happening like the rest of us. And after the first time Tyreek Hill goes for a long touchdown bomb, you say, no, we're putting a safety here. We're not going to let that happen again. But no, I don't know what Arians is doing. I don't know what he's doing. New maybe, wish. Yeah, it's just the arrogance of this guy. And the poor cornerback to just to be left one-on-one against Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's a battle that nobody in the league, maybe the world, is going to win. So it's just ridiculous. It's not a good match for Brady. I feel bad, and I kind of wish at this point that he retired because it's a sad way to see my favorite player of all time go down. And I know it's not over and I know you can never count him out, but it just doesn't look like the right fit.
1: It's gotta be so. hard for you. This is favorite quarterback of all time, just struggling this year.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Johnny, yes, you, thank you. Could could you could you ever consider a tight end being an MVP candidate in
2: Kelsey? No. No. If ever it would have been Gronk one of those years, but no. Yeah. I'm just no. thinking, like, he's got seven TDs, almost
1: 1,000-yard receptions. He was 8-for-8 eight eight last game. He's just a solid, solid player to always go to. He's, he's a great security blanket. I don't know. He's just, he's just so much. He's just so fun to watch. And I know you hate him. I know you don't like his antics, especially coming off the Super Bowl victory uh, from last year. But uh, I don't know. He, he, he's a phenomenal player in my mind.
2: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, no, I, don't get me wrong. He's good. But MVP? No. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a quarterback. Quarterback's the hardest position in sports.
0: Fair but
2: enough. I was looking today. I, I think I, I'm going to place a wager. The Chiefs are plus 275 to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think it's a wise investment to put your money on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Now. Do it. Like, do it now. You know the, the odds are only going to get worse as the season goes along, I think. And if, you, if you're nervous about the Steelers knocking them off, then the Steelers are plus 600 maybe throw throw a little bit sprinkle a little bit on the Steelers to try to back it up a little bit but I I think in my mind those are the only two teams that can win the Super Bowl this year I, I don't see any other team that can win the Super Bowl besides the Steelers or the Chiefs so in my mind it's time to lay your money on those teams just do it now before the odds get worse fair enough
0: speaking of futures uh Aaron Rodgers right now is at plus six hundred for MVP odds. I think that's a that's a good value bet right there. It's gonna the be Mahomes. He's been
2: playing. It's gonna Mahomes has two interceptions. He's he's just cruising. He's just lighting everyone up, and then he gets the Broncos this weekend on Sunday night. So I think it's gonna be Mahomes again, unfortunately. And so you know what? I don't like Mahomes. I don't like the Chiefs, so may as well make some money from it, right? Fair enough. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is with the Steelers, my I do like I like the Steelers in a lot of ways in, in a game against the Chiefs. But the, the biggest way that I don't like them is I don't think they're going to be able to keep up point point wise because they don't push the ball down the field like past Steelers teams. There are a lot of short passing and Ben gets the ball out quick, but they need to be able to hold on to the ball. It, that's going to require them to sustain long drives, which is something the Steelers have not been great at over the years and they're better at this year, but they've been able to quick strike in years past and they just haven't had that capability this year. So I'm concerned that if the chiefs can score 28 points or 27 points, that the the Steelers might not be able to get there this year. Uh, But maybe their defense can disrupt I don't think that there's I, I it's crazy that the Steelers to me can go are probably going to go undefeated 16 and 0, right? That's crazy. They're going to go 16 and 0 and the Chiefs are still the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And I think that's the one game that we're all just looking forward to. That I think I feel like that is the Super Bowl and that's it. It'll be good. I'm I'm excited for it.
0: Next up we had <laughs> after all that, we had The Bears at the Packers, the Packers putting up the second most points versus Chicago in the Super Bowl era, 41 to 25. Mitch Trubisky is hashtag not good at the football. Matt Nagy is hashtag not good at the football. The Bears are fucking dead, dead.
1: And that's 41 points with zero in the fourth quarter too. keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, it was 41 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. So it was lights out.
1: Well, they're rolling right there as far as the you know, NFC team. As far as I consider, I mean, that's going to be, in my mind, whoever you know comes out with Kansas City and Pittsburgh right there. you that's who you're going to meet. But you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is in a role right now. Jones is playing out of his mind. Uh, Tanyan had is if that if I'm pronouncing that right because I brutalized names. Well, he yeah, big Bob, big Bob Tanyan, big Bob Tanyan, big Bob. But he had a great, great showing in that game as well. So plenty of upside for the Packers. Like you said, the Bears are done. Nagy probably won't get fired during the season, but he'll definitely get fired after the season.
0: Big guy, Mercedes Lewis, with a touchdown in that game too. Uh, room favorite for them. Next up, we had the Seahawks at the Eagles. This game was way closer than it should have been. <laughs> DK Metcalf with a career-high 177 receiving yards, and still somehow this was a game, I don't know.
1: Well, are you talking about Megatron? You're talking about this guy as far as, like, games played so far, uh, stat-wise, receptions, TDs. Uh, DK Metcalf is definitely showing himself um, and going into this game uh, with Peterson, the coach, stating, from the Eagles that, you know, when Metcalf came to the league, he didn't believe that this guy showed much upside. So Metcalf had something to prove against the Eagles. Uh, definitely that, you know, locker room chalk talk right there to get your guys going. It got Metcalf going. And he just annihilated.
0: Billboard material.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but jo- Johnny, again. Uh, going into the Hell Mary at the end of the game and then choosing to go to the two point conversion where you didn't really have to because you had to score again. and then you could go for the eight point the two point conversion for eight points
0: right there. <laughs> Blowing the cover. Crush,
1: crush the cover again. <laughs> Another bad cover. So many, so many Twitter videos, uh, you know, Instagram videos of Eagle, I mean, uh, you know, betting fans just losing their shit on that last play right there. I couldn't the, believe that. I couldn't believe that happened. Bad beat of
2: the week for sure. It's the new thing, guys. That's the analytics. We've been seeing this all year. When teams are down by two scores like that, they uh, they decide that instead of go for the extra points twice, they think it's they prefer to go for the two. And then if they score again, they'll have a chance to win with an extra point. And if they don't get the two-point conversion the first time, then... All they have to do is hit a two-point conversion one out of the two times to tie it. And if they get it the first time, then on the next time, they'll have the extra point to win it. So it's the analytics is now it made its way from baseball into football. And this is the new wave and the way things are being done. And does it seem weird? Absolutely. But it's it's the norm now.
1: I was definitely scratching my head. I'm like it just didn't make sense and I I know I got to adjust to that way of thinking, but It's weird. Yeah, so crazy.
0: All right, and lastly, we had the Monday afternoon, excuse me, the Tuesday night, or excuse me, the uh Wednesday <laughs> late afternoon, early evening game. Oh. Uh, Man, did I I raced home for work for this motherfucker. The Steelers like pull out a win. Dry. 19 to 14 it was not like watching paint dry because that is somewhat relaxing it was like trying it was like watching a toddler trying to stick a paper clip into a light socket but they don't have the gross motor function to get it in there uh it 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 was tough lots of miscues early fumble on a what should have just been a fair catch by ray ray mcleod and uh stupid interception by ben And just a sloppy game all around, lots of drops. Ben said so after the game. He was not impressed with his own performance. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. But somehow, beyond all odds, a team that usually loses these kinds of games is still finding a way to win games. I'm very concerned about Bud Dupree looked like his knee exploded uh, at one point. I'm very concerned about Deontay Johnson dropping balls. I'm very concerned about Eric Ebron apparently allergic to catching the football. I'm very concerned about them not going to Juju Smith-Schuster as part of the game plan early on in the game and only using him seemingly when, when they need something big on a third down. There are lots of flaws in this team, but I, I I haven't seen a point where they have played their best football and and somebody has shown something better than that. Right. Well they they are they are continuing to win and they're continuing to win with not their best football. And in that I will take a little bit of solace because maybe at some point they can put it together and maybe that'll be the first or second round of the playoffs. And that'll be exactly what we need to make the big run.
2: It's a shame that the Steelers most likely get the one by and then be hosting Kansas city at what should be a crazy Heinz field, but there's not going to be any fans there. So who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll get a little magic on, on whatever, on that night on that Saturday or Sunday night in January. But Chris
0: Boswell misses another extra point. Oh,
2: I know. Brutal, man. Like they can't miss these and they can't. The Steelers are known for just letting opportunities go by the wayside. And And they can't do that against the Chiefs. They can't. They need to make sure they capitalize on every opportunity. They can't. They can't let anything hang. Like just be like, oh, whatever. We missed on that one. No, they, they need to capitalize. They need to be ship shape sharp.
0: Hey, uh, Tomlin won a challenge today. That's worth something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you you go back to halftime, Ernesto like that one non-timeout call by the Ravens right there going down to the goal line where the time ran out on them where they could have scored right there, it would made a lot of closer game or even like put them ahead in the game going into the second half. That was a huge missed call by the ravens right there and a huge that could have been a, very easily could have been a touchdown absolutely and this is and this is grand these are these are practice squad called up team going against the steelers right here and robert griffin and and then the third uh, string quarterback with mick sorley coming in
2: orally yeah trace exactly. he sucked he sucked at penn state <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but this is what this is
1: what you're going against as far as the steelers and that's like I watched it with you today at your place. Thank you for hosting me by the way. But like leaving sure. out, I, this is where I'm saying is like this is just that kind of team where you like would you be shocked if they were just one and out in the playoffs going in because as much as they're 11 and 0, they just don't have that killer instinct. I just want to see a few of those games by the Steelers. They just put the foot on the neck and just finish the game out.
0: Uh, ben was victimized by drops today. Uh, he, we had the opportunity to really put the I'm foot on the didn't. neck.
2: I'm just saying that's where you yeah, got it. You one. know, it's it's the, lack it's just, it's yeah. the lack of explosiveness. It's the lack of They don't they get have anything. To they don't get big chunk plays, and that's weird. It's weird because the Steelers through the years were that's what was their thing was big chunk plays, like fifty yard bombs down the field for touchdowns, and now they just don't do that this year, and it's weird. It's weird seeing a Steelers team. It's weird seeing Ben Roethlisberger get the ball out in 2.5 seconds and not run around and try to make some magical play holding the ball for 5 6 7 8 seconds. That's weird. I mean, it's a total different way and kudos to them it's working, but I just think they've got to find a little balance and be able to get downfield. They got because it's 2020 and in today's 2020 NFL offense offense is like you're going to have to be able to score 30 points to win a play a playoff game against some of these elite teams like if you think that I mean the Steelers have always had the Titans numbers so I am not really concerned about the Titans Uh, beating the Ravens for a third time might be tricky. Uh, I uh, the one game that I'm focused on is the Chiefs and I think it's the the Chiefs is, is going to be the AFC Championship game it's going to be the Chiefs at the Steelers but because who else would it be buffalo and eh, I don't I don't I can't see Buffalo's too too much buffalo uh Miami no the Raiders no Indianapolis maybe but I don't trust Rivers so don't it's
1: You'll see Titans right there,
2: possibly. The Steeler, the Steelers have always had the Titans number. They always just have, they have. Yeah. There's some. I mean, could it be different this time around? Sure, of course. But I feel like the Steelers play a, a little bit. They can match the physic physicality of the Titans when the Titans want to. Titans can be physical, but the Steelers can match that. So, and then they, they and they'll stuff Henry. The Steelers run defense will definitely stop. Stop. And somehow slow, we can't slow down.
0: Somehow we can't stop the run against Baltimore, though. I don't know what it is that they do. They are able to find the seams. Well,
2: it was the RPOs that they were doing, the run pass options. And so Tannehill and Henry don't really do that.
0: Speaking of running, uh, everybody was in a tizzy to pick up Benny Snell in the wake of James Conner being out on the COVID. Uh, That wound up being a little bit of a bust, no touchdowns. Uh, sixteen rushing attempts for sixty yards, average of three point eight.
2: I think he had thirteen points. Three receptions.
0: That,
2: didn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he had ninety-three yards, twelve point three PPR points. Meh, I'll take it. Meh. Yeah, meh. Whatever. Meh. Meh. If he scored it, if <laughs> he got, if he was able to get in the box, then it would have been a real solid day. But that didn't happen.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, Johnny, you want to take us through week 13, what is to come, our picks against the spread. Okay,
2: so no Thursday night game this week. Remember, so enjoy your Thursday night with your family because you don't have to worry about football or setting fantasy lineups, so that's another add added bonus. I, I really do like that no Thursday games uh, that we've had a couple times this year. It's nice <laughs> not having to to worry about the football, you know, because you're always worried about... Oh, should I start so-and-so because so-and-so is questionable on on Sunday? So I I like just being able to wait until Sunday. Uh, Anyway, with that said, week 13. We kick it off Sunday with the 9-2 Saints at the hot 4-7 Falcons. Like we said before, the Falcons are 4-1 in their last five, but they did lose two weeks ago to the Saints, their one loss. I think this time, with Taysom Hill at quarterback, they're going to take it down. New Orleans is minus three in this game, but I am going Falcons plus three in my upset special of the week. Nice. Woo. All right. Next up, we have the four and seven Lions, fresh without a coach, without a GM, heading to Chicago, five and six, fresh off five straight losses. These two teams and their fan bases probably hate each other just as much as they hate themselves. In this this game, the line is Chicago minus three. I'm going to go with Chicago minus three because I don't know what else to do. Next on the docket, we have the eight and three Cleveland Browns. That's weird. Doesn't roll off the tongue. (laughs) At the Tennessee Titans, eight and three. In this game, the Titans are minus five and a half point favorites. And... Knowing that we have the Browns as a potential fraud of the week coming up, I'm going to ride that and go with Tennessee minus five and a half here. Pew, pew. We have the Bengals two, eight, and one heading to South Florida to face the Miami Dolphins, seven and four. Miami is minus 11 and a half point favorites. So I did like what I saw from the Bengals as far as want to and fight. Without their quarterback, Joe Burrow, in the last game against the Giants, I think that what doomed them was the four turnovers. And they're going to have turnovers likely against the Dolphins as well. But I like this. I still like the fight in it. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati plus 11.5 here. If it's against Tua, I I love it even more. But even if it's against Fitzpatrick, I still like it. Cincinnati plus 11.5. Do we see Tua the rest of this year? I don't know, yeah, I don't know.
1: it's hard to say, but uh I'll take as far as our picks of the of the week, I'll take Miami right there,
2: okay, next up Jaguars Jacksonville's one and ten at Minnesota Vikings, five and six Vikings are minus ten point favorites uh Mike Lennon looked good, <laughs> I guess as good as Mike Glennon's ever gonna look right against the Browns last week <laughs> but. They still lost, and in this game, I'm gonna go with the Vikings. They get Thielen back. Jefferson's playing well. Dalvin Cook's running machine. So, I'm gonna go Vikings minus ten. Next is the six and five Las Vegas Raiders at the Jets, zero and eleven. In this game, Las Vegas is minus seven and a half point favorites. I'm gonna go Las. Low. Yeah, I'm gonna go Vegas minus seven and a half here. I like that. Is that a max play? I think so. I think yeah. so. I think the reason it's low is because they just got their asses kicked by the Atlanta Falcons. And the other thing is that Jacobs, the running back, is questionable with an ankle sprain. So if he's out, then I would just not play this game at all. Yeah. Because if it's Devontae Booker at starting running back, I he's not good. So you got to at least have Jacobs good to go. Um, So Jacobs is good to go. Las Vegas minus seven and a half for a max play. Next is the 7-4 Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans, 4-7. Indianapolis is minus 3.5-point favorites. I like Indy minus 3.5 in this game and the bounce back for them. I do like the way Watson is playing, but losing Will Fuller to me is big. He's out with a six-game suspension, so that moves Cooks to the number one receiver spot. That and
0: my fantasy team. Oh,
2: I know. I know. I know. It hurts so bad. I looked at like two teams, like just decimated. Will Fuller gone. Like, okay. That's it. Good yeah. season. Thank you. <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next is the seven and four Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, six and five. The Rams are minus three point favorites in this game. And I like the Rams a lot. In this one. This is actually a max play too. Max, max, max play, 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 play. So I just I, I like the Rams pass defense against the Cardinals in this game. I think it's a good matchup for the Rams. So and Kyler Murray seems dinged up. He he doesn't seem quite right. And I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald will be back. And I know he's not the super productive Larry Fitzgerald, but he's still valuable to that offense. When they have a gotta have it play a first down, or you know, a, a, a yeah. play that they need, they can they they know where he'll be, and they can go to him. So without him, it bumps up Andy Isabella, who's talented but not quite NFL ready yet. So I like the Rams. I'll take the Cardinals for discussion. Okay. All right. Next. The 4 and 7 Giants go to Seattle to face the 8 and 3 Seahawks. In this game the Seahawks are minus 10 point favorites. I like the Giants if let's preface this, if Daniel Jones plays. I I hope he does. I think he might. So if Daniel Jones is in, I like the Giants plus 10. Next we have the New England Patriots 5 and 6 at the LA Chargers 3 and 8. In this game, the Chargers are minus one point favorite, which is kind of surprising. But neither team knows is very good. Chargers don't know how to win. Patriots' offense is just horrendous. I feel like it's t- a tough matchup for the Patriots here, and I feel like I feel like they could end up losing this game. <sighs> Belichick uh, has a
1: hard on hard on for that Chargers young quarterback too.
2: Uh, I, I'm going to go Patriots plus one, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I mean, there's a reason this line is minus one, right? Because everyone's yeah. gonna take the Patriots and, and what? Just like Houston two weeks ago, everyone thought the Patriots were going to Houston and win, and it, they didn't. And I feel like the same thing here. This isn't the, your old Patriots. This team is not very good. All right, well, I'll go Patriots plus one. Not liking it. Next is the Philadelphia Eagles three seven and one, at the Packers. Green Bay is eight and three. And Green Bay is a minus nine point favorites in this game. I I don't really know how, but I'm gonna go Philadelphia plus nine.
0: What? what? I'm gonna fade that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta bet on the Eagles, right? Um, Jesus. No,
1: we really don't. But it's okay, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Packers right here. But even though I need my Eagle, even though I need my, my Eagles to soar high right here, and win my bet.
2: Ha! Yeah, I'm gonna go Eagles plus nine here. I like it. Wow. All right. Broncos four and seven on Sunday Night Football at the Kansas City Chiefs ten and one. They will have their quarterbacks good to go. That's been made official. Wow. So no, no more Kendall Hinton experiment. Not gonna matter. Kansas City is minus fourteen point favorite, and I still like like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Kansas City minus fourteen. Play, 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 play. I mean that spread still doesn't seem high enough. But the next up we have. I don't have a line on this one, guys. It's Washington. The Redskins are four and seven. Football team. Football team at the football team. Steelers eleven and zero. I got it. Steelers. Steelers seven and a half. Yeah, I'm not going Steelers minus seven and a half.
0: Let's all remember the cardinal rule: you do not
2: bet under
0: both. any circumstances. Bet on the football team.
2: Yeah, I know. I like the Steelers here. I think that they're going to be able to be all up in Alex Alex Smith's junk in this game and they'll do enough to, to slow down the running game of the Redskins and it'll I I think the under might be a good play in this game.
0: They're um, essentially they're essentially coming off a loss too. Like this was this was a poor performance against a badly hobbled Yeah, Alex Smith team. needs to
2: watch out for that leg in this game.
0: Oh, yeah, he they're to out to pre- for blood.
2: He needs to protect the leg in this game. All right, next up we have the second Monday Night Football game. So the Buffalo Bills, 8-3, and three, go to San Francisco to play the 5-6 49ers. In this game, Buffalo was minus one-and-a-half point favorite. I was thinking about this game earlier, and I was thinking, what do the Niners do well? As I was watching them against the Rams... And they were slowing down that passing attack with Cup and Woods that have been playing so well against Tampa Bay the week before. And the Niners got Richard Sherman back and a bunch of other guys back. And defensively, they looked more like themselves. So what do they do well? They play good defense, and they slow down good passing attacks. And what do the Bills do well? They they throw the ball. They're trying to run the ball better, but they throw the ball. And when they want to win, they throw the ball. So this is a bad matchup, I feel like, for the Bills uh, I'm gonna go with the Niners plus one and a half at home here. Actually, they're not at home. They're in Arizona because at home is closed to them. Yeah, that weird San
1: Francisco that that uh,
0: city
1: <laughs> law,
2: whatever.
0: That is. Yeah, no
1: contact. Oh. No contact sports.
0: What yeah. So. Take...
1: All right.
2: So they're I'll in Arizona. The
0: yes.
1: Yeah. I'll take
2: I'll take the Bills right there. Okay. And last but not least, Tuesday Night Football. We have the 3-8 and eight Dallas Cowboys at the 6-5 and five Baltimore Ravens. Again, I don't have a line on this one, guys. Uh, let me
1: see. Do I have one? I don't have a line either.
2: I think it's because of Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah.
2: We don't know if he's playing or not, and that's obviously huge.
1: So, as far as the sake of the show, Johnny, how far would you go on the Ravens, and where, were you, where, where would your cutoff line be?
2: I think it's Ravens minus seven here, yeah. And I and I'd take the Ravens. The Cowboys look like they quit. Like there's oh yeah, the That's Cowboys exactly. look like they're all they're all set. So yeah. it's I mean, if Lamar Jackson plays, it could be up to minus ten. Yeah. But the Ravens haven't been playing very well either. They've been losing games. So, but the Cowboys look like they're all set on yeah. twenty twenty. They walked off the field in third third
1: quarter. In my mind. Opened up their OnlyFans account, just laid down and said, just use me. That's yeah. all I'm
2: good for. said, so we're all set with 2020. So go, you know, do <laughs> what you want. Do yeah. what you want with us. So, whatever the Ravens is, whether it's Ravens minus seven, Ravens minus 10, uh, I'm still taking the Ravens. All right. I'll go Ravens minus eight and a half to split the difference. All right. And that concludes week 13. Panthers and the Buccaneers on the bye weeks. Don't forget to place your futures bets on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP, and you can sprinkle a little bit on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, too, if oh, like you're not that. super confident in the Chiefs. Just, just to, <laughs> you know, that way you got your bases covered. No Half a what, unit. No matter what, you're gonna, you'll profit, you'll win some money. So I, I just don't know who else is gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Do you guys have any? Uh, who else could win the Super Bowl this year? Go ahead. Who do you got? I, Anyone?
0: I do, I do uh, ha- a full unit on the Chiefs, half a unit on the Steelers.
2: But any other than those two teams, is there any other team you could conceivably see winning the Super Bowl this year? Everybody's flawed. Everyone's yeah. flawed. Yeah. yeah, I mean.
1: I would I would like to say the Packers just put somebody in the NFC, but they're they're not there. They're not there.
2: No, no, no. They, they and especially like if one team does something well, like they no, I I I I feel, they, like
1: the, I feel like the Chiefs have their defense has even gotten better this year after coming off yeah. a, victory, a, a Super Bowl victory last year. I just don't see them being beat.
0: It's between it the Packers and the Seahawks.
2: Whoa, Seahawks, uh, huh?
0: Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think I kinda, those are the teams that have those are the teams that have enough to get it done. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You're right, Russell Wilson, I, I, DK I, Metcalf, but that and the Seattle D is playing better. Carson's back. Carson's back, but don't forget, there was the first ten weeks of the year that Seattle D was the worst defense of all time. So, they're I mean they're getting better, but they're still nowhere near where they should be. And if they go against the Chiefs, they'll probably allow 45, 50 points.
1: Will you look at the last game Johnny too, with the, with the Seahawks too a time of possession having Carson back have a little bit more of a running game stretching out the time of possession giving the defense a little bit of rest letting them rejuvenate they they could be that 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 late sir I mean they do have
2: they have great weapons they do all right <laughs> we are com- we are complete
0: <laughs> all right well Thank you, everybody, for listening. A special shout out to Hannah Curtis, who found us on Spotify and found me at the restaurant. Actually, it was, uh, gave, uh, gave us a shout out and uh, listens to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup on her drive home from Burlington. So, thank you, Hannah, for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe. If you hit us with a review on the uh, Apple podcast or Google Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found, we'll be sure to give you a shout out here on the pod. Uh, Boys, have a good weekend.
2: Have a good week. Good luck. All
0: right.